The Trumpet Shall Sound, episode 139 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. I was recently on Free Man Beyond the Wall with Pete Quinones, and we had a discussion. If you take the terms right libertarian and left libertarian as they're commonly applied, I think it's pretty clear from my views I'd fall into the category of right libertarian, as would Pete. However, I have problems with libertarians identifying themselves as right-wing. And in this show, we discuss the reasons why. Hope you enjoy. I asked Anthony to return to the show to talk about libertarians using the term left and right-wing. It's something that I've seen Anthony talking about on Facebook, uh, making posts such as, maybe it's not a good idea for libertarians to call themselves left-wing or right-wing, and I've seen him get flamed. I wanted to talk to him about it and let him make his case, and I think he does a really good job. And um, this is something where I'm actually, uh, I lean a little bit more towards Anthony's opinion on this one. So without any further delay... Here is Anthony Samaroff. I want to welcome Anthony Samaroff back to the show. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. And this great topic as well, uh, it's really good for me to hash this out with you because I'm still trying to collect my exact thoughts on it. And I, I think a little back and forth will help with that. And everyone listening, we might trigger some snowflakes today. <laughs> that may happen, yes, because this is a, a topic that is, it's one of those topics in libertarianism that is, I, I don't consider it to be important. It, it's one of those things that really shouldn't be a consideration, but people love to make it a consideration. Now, you had put out... A, because every... Go ahead. Go on. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, you know, this all started because you made a post on Facebook um, in a private group that said that um, you know, libertarians, I don't remember the exact words, but you said something to the effect, effect that libertarians should stop identifying as right-wing or left-wing. Was that What was it again? I can't remember exactly what I said, but I don't think that libertarianism should be defined as right or left-wing. I'm going to give a bunch of reasons for why I think that's the case. But I mean to say as a preamble, I'm not really saying that individual libertarians can't be sort of right or left wing, or rather like conservative or liberal, because I think that's a lot about temperament. So there's like a conservative temperament, and there's a liberal temperament, and those tend to go along with certain views on authority, on um, what how culture should be organized and things like that. So I think that someone can be sort of right-wing and a libertarian or left-wing and a libertarian, but I don't think that libertarianism sh should be defined as right-wing, and I don't think we should be trying to rehabilitate this either. In fact, there would be a time where, say you go back to the origins of the term left and right-wing, the left were the liberals in the, in the French parliament who were against uh, aristocracy and and so on, and and they they're actually our intellectual ancestors. Bastiat was a liberal, Adam Smith was a liberal, and etc. etc. That's that, um, and it's one thing because 
right wing has been associated with conserving institutions or bolstering institutions. And I think it's really important to realize, to remember, libertarianism is a radical ideology. It's radical. It's not like, oh, we should like tweak society slightly or keep it the way it is or go back to something that was before. You know, we've never seen a truly free market state. I mean, I guess the beginning uh, of America was maybe the closest we've come in recent times. It's radical. We're saying we're tr- uh, we should um, tear things down and make them better than they are because a lot of our institutions are faulty. And right wing would be more about, um, well, the, the term reactionary is associated with right wing. That's the opposite of radical. That's uh, no, no, no. We need to react against this radicalism and go back to something. So I, I could say more about the temperament in, in a moment. But w- what's your comeback on that? Well, what I can say about reactionary is you can look out into the into the mainstream culture. I mean, people, the quote unquote right now or quote unquote conservatives. I mean, I don't think that term even means anything anymore. I don't even really know how many of those exist anymore. But when you say reactionary, I mean, what else is electing Donald Trump than a reaction? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So true. Yeah. And I mean, I hear um, and, you know, I'm one of those people who I will defend Trump when he's right. And somebody else is, you know, you know somebody's trying to say he's doing something that he's not doing. And I'll be I end up. Yeah, you know, the I dropped an episode today where it sounds like we're defending Trump the whole episode, and it's like we're not. Yeah. You know, we're just like this is this is ridiculous. You know what's going on? But um, yeah. I mean, is there? Do you need any more proof than the right is reactionary than the last three and a half four years? And people are claiming the term. They're calling themselves neo reactionaries, and they're alt right, or uh, some of them consider themselves to be libertarian adjacent. And um, I guess that's it. I'm the same, you know, go with the principle. I will defend Donald Trump against unnecessary attacks. I've uh, made status updates when he pissed me off saying things like Donald Trump is a waste of space. At other times I've made Facebook statuses which would seem to be defending him against unfair attacks. It's like you... Uh, this, I feel like there's a sense that a lot of libertarians want to belong to a greater movement, which, in my opinion, do- really doesn't give a crap about them and will s- throw them under the bus as soon as it serves them to do so. And I think that the alt-right pretended to um, have a lot more in common with us than they do because they wanted to court libertarians in the in the lead up to the Donald Trump election. And after that, you know, they abandoned a lot of this. And, you know, you had Richard Spencer coming out saying, of course, we're not for free speech, like, duh. Um, but that's just a tool. And, there, and you know, the, there's stuff on free trade. And God, I don't want to, I don't want to list a uh, um, list of alt-right things that they believe that libertarians don't believe because uh, libertarians will either, who want to be right wing, will either say, Oh well, it's you know, right wing's a broad term. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I agree. It is, or worse still, well, that's not really right wing. Which you know, you might as well, you know, that's the no true Scotsman fallacy. There's historical reasons to think that that is right wing, 
and we'll come to them later. I just want to talk about some ideas that I have in terms of like conservative and liberal temperament. And uh, I guess there's there's more scientific stuff about this from people like Jonathan Haidt and Jordan Peterson's covered some of it as well. I'm not really that up to the official psychology on it, but here's my understanding, right? So I see, and I'll expand on this in a podcast I did called The Psychology of Statism, if one people want to hear more about it but i'm still organizing my ideas on this at the moment so it might be good to get a sounding board and feedback from your listeners and yourself and um, so i see it like we as human beings right there is a conservative impulse and there's a liberal impulse that are pretty natural just the same way as you've got male and female you've uh, it's a, you've got the positive side of the battery and the negative side of the battery right and this is built into the psyche of a human being because as human beings we want security and structure and boundaries right but we also want openness and expansion and neither of these is necessarily a better or worse impulse and both play a role in the survival of the human being or and or the flourishing of a human being uh, both on the individual level and on the level of society. So the conservative impulse is pessimistic about human nature, and that's you know more on the security side. And the liberal impulse is optimistic about human nature, and it wants openness and like yay and like let's just do whatever, right? And that liberal drive is like oh you. Know, so just go with your feelings. Just do what you want. Just just act on impulse. Just just act on impulse. Just do what you want. And the extreme of that is, well, everyone should just do what they want and without consequences. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, there's no consequences. In fact, if we can use the state to take away the consequences of people's irresponsible behaviour, all the better, right? That's the extreme of that left wing. Uh, impulse as I would define it and then there's the conservative drive which is no you have to repress your instincts because if everyone just does what they want it's going to be complete chaos it's about self-control and self-discipline and if necessary imposing that control and discipline on others either by social pressure which is the preferred mode of the conservative libertarians uh, you know Hans Hermann Hoppe's skated communities and so forth or on the extreme of the right sorry for libertarians that don't like this but it's to impose by force using the state if necessary you know classic phrases like cut your hair and get a job happy this is all the right wing impulse right cut cut your hair and get a job why are these people like why are they color, coloring their hair blue like what is wrong with these people can't they just conform to society is you know have they got some kind of malfunction going on there that is the conservative or or right-wing impulse so the 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 right find the left unruly and the left say to the right well you you know you're not even real human beings you just rattle you just you know you're just ill-tempered and grumpy and you don't like anything you want everyone to just be automatons so i, I what i'm saying is either extreme is detrimental um so you can have repressive views on sexuality and you can have very irresponsible views on sexuality um, and everyone falls between somewhere in the spectrum in, the, in, the, in their nature. 
And uh, there's some evidence to suggest that things like, you know, getting in shape makes you more right wing, you know, get going, going to the uh, and I can believe that because it's about you feel like uh, secure. Uh, your, your body is going to affect your your temperament. If you feel like you can't defend yourself, you're more likely to have this hippie like, can't we just get along? No, I don't like violence. I don't like fighting. And the same, let's take it from the other side, right? Those kind of rigid people are might be less likely to have a choice of partners, the stuffy conservatives. I'm not saying all of them are. And so they, they look down on the on the promiscuity of more left-wing people. It's about cope. So you, the, the, this also in the right, you know, the steadfast holding to tradition. Traditions can be good, but they can also be repressive. And just to tail this off, you know, I think the impulse of the Enlightenment, the liberal impulse, the left-wing impulse, dare I say, was to say, well, we can throw it all out and put everything down to reason and evidence. And they were, people forget that they were reacting to forces in that period of history that were quite oppressive at times. And there'd been a lot of religious wars and things like that, so they wanted religious freedom. Um, But the thing is, they polarised the opposite extreme, and that's been uh, criticised by many people as um, they went too far, and they probably did. And certainly, you know, in the French Revolution, horrible things were done in the names of liberalism, you know, killing a bunch of priests and all sorts of horrible things. So I would say that the mistake of the Enlightenment was to say, was not realizing that some things have lasted a long time because they work. And that's the value of the conservative or right-wing impulse. Like, let's not be too hasty here. Let's proceed with caution. The wise thing to do would have been to go, well, yeah, you know, times are changing. We've got all this new ideas and new technologies. But before we chuck out a tradition, let's fully understand, um, you know, what role this is playing in our society. And do we need a or do we need to throw it away? And if we are throwing it away, what are the other things that we can put in its place? Not just uh, rip it up and start again, because um, because it's not in, it's not reasonable or in evidence to throw something out without finding what fu- function it fulfil, what function it can fulfil. So that's kind of my idea, my my work in progress idea on the personality basis of certain left-wing, right-wing views. I think it makes logical sense. Hey, I want to tell you about the Lions of Liberty podcast. They are a libertarian variety show that has three episodes per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday is the flagship show where Mark Clare interviews libertarian personalities. On Wednesdays, we have Electric Liberty Land with Brian McWilliams, where he explores comedy, culture, and liberty. And on Friday, you have John Odermatt with Felony Friday, looking at the broken criminal justice system. So so head on over to Lions of Liberty, and you can check out one of my favorite podcasts. Well, one thing that you said there um, towards the beginning right there was that right wing, you said right wing see people as more, not bad, but... Um, with more, they look at him with more skepticism. Skepticism, and that left wing look at people as what did you say? 
Well, I said they're more optimistic about human nature. Or oh, if you just let people be free, it'll all work out. Okay, and I think you know the anarcho-capitalist of Voluntarius can look at both of these sides and make them work because if you're advocating for one of the arguments for advocating for a voluntarist anarcho-capitalist society and not having rulers is that people people are skeptical of having people in power. You know, people are bad. You right. don't, so if people are bad, you don't want to have people in power. But you also have to, I, I mean, I, I guess there are some libertarians, anarcho-capitalists out there who believe that everyone is, you know, inherently evil, you know, given the impulse that they'll do anything that they want. But I'm not one of those people. I think I, I tend to think that most people, you know, in a, in a voluntary society will be cooperative. So you're, yes. you, I, I think to really have a balanced idea of libertarianism, anarcho-capitalism, voluntarism, you have to be able to borrow from both sides. One, I'm skeptical of people because if somebody wants power, I think that that's, you, you have to be skeptical of that person you know, and maybe start loading your gun. But you can't, you know, you also can't think, oh, everybody's bad. So, well, you know, if you believe that everybody's friggin' evil, why would you want to have a voluntary society? What are you just going to do? You're just going to wall off your wall off your house and, you know, set up a 50 cal on your roof and just wait for people to invade. It's just, I mean, believe me, I don't think that, I think that given the chance, a lot of people will take advantage of other people, but I don't believe that that's um, you know, something that you have to worry about with friggin' everybody. Right. Uh, but historically in Europe, the right wanted to legislate morality. They had puritanical views on drinking and a whole bunch of other stuff that Stephen Davies, the British libertarian philosopher at the IEA, talks about in one, one or two of his presentations on YouTube. The puritanism on the right and the idea that the, the state was required to help make people moral. But of course, if people are, if human nature is bad, you can't have a state because the worst of those bad people will definitely be the most um, resourceful in gaining control of the state. And uh, what you've made really, I think, is the distinction between authority and authoritarian. Because um, libertarians aren't against authority, but there's a very important difference between how authority is gained and granted on a free market than in a right-wing regime which is authoritarian is you know if 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 we say that this guy is an authority on biology you understand that he knows more about biology than most people an authoritarian is someone who's put into power um not based on leadership because if you have good leadership you don't have to force people to follow you bill gates is a leader but he earned that shit. You know, there's, there, there, you can think of all manner, people who start charities, people who start organizations, people who start businesses, pe all on a voluntary basis. They're all leaders and they earn their leadership. Authoritarian is when put, someone's put into place in leadership. And that's why we would say the education system is right wing. No one would ever, even going back in history, uh, okay, it's funded in a left-wing manner through the, through the state, but going back in history, no one would say, oh, they're so bossy in that school, the way they order those teachers around, those students around, that's so left-wing. No, if anything, they'd say that the, the schools where the kids are allowed to do whatever they want are too left-wing. 
the authority is right wing. So, on a free in a, in a libertarian society, we we all we do kind of want to say like the liberals. Well, you are allowed to do what you want within the bounds of the law, but the market's going to punish you if you make bad decisions. If you come to work late, then your boss has a right to sack you. And you don't have the right to tax all those people who did come into work on time to pay your welfare checks. You made your bed, now lie in it, right? We don't need the state to throw people in prison for not coming into work on time or something like that, you know. Uh, the market will reward or punish you accordingly. And so people will need to earn their authority. So, And then the liberals, uh, they want to remove those consequences. There's a, like a plethora logical altruism oh those people can't help it that they can't get into work on time they're suffering from depression and their kids and blah 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 can't we just be nice to people the bosses shouldn't have the right to just fire people who are crap you know there should be they should the state should um come in and be their mummy and dad their mummy the state should be should mother these people okay we will need voluntary institutions to help people who actually can't pull themselves out of bed in in a libertarian society i'd imagine they'd probably be they i know for a fact as someone who works in mental health that they would be a lot better than the institutions we have right now but uh, i fear i digress when it comes to what do you see as the main downfall of attracting people to libertarianism when you're labeling yourself as right wing, you know, if that's such an, an important thing, you know, if you say, hey, come into my Facebook group and, you know, and look around and everything and you have people arguing over left wing and right wing. I mean, what is what do you see the downfall as? that? Right. There's a bunch of them. I'll try and plow through them. First of all, politically, which is probably the least of my concerns. The term right wing is primarily used as a pejorative. I mean, we might just as well go around saying, we're neoliberals. You know, um, I think it's very important that libertarians should be presenting an alternative. It's about brand differentiation. We're saying, you know, fuck these guys. You've been kicked by a, like a football from left to right, left to right, left to right. And they're doing nothing but um, beating you in the face. So it's time to think beyond left and right and come to libertarianism. Okay, that's a, let's say, a tactical point. I, I can't, just to, I, I know I'm reinforcing myself, but yeah, it's a fact, a historical fact that right wing has always been associated with authoritarianism. Uh, it's never in all of history being considered anti-authoritarian. You do a lot of stuff on police brutality. Again, let's go back a couple of decades. No one would say, oh, the police are beating people up. That's so left-wing. They'd say that's too right-wing. Okay, But they might um, try to compare say, it to the Soviet Union and say, oh, look, that's left-wing. Absolutely. And um, yeah, that's a good point. And I'm sure that the police were very brittle in the in the left in, in the soviet union but if you're going to have a political spectrum the two left-wing society would be the ones where oh criminals are just getting a slap on the wrist this is ridiculous the state should come in and do something about that that would be left-wing criminals not being punished just getting a slap on the wrist you know not being 
uh, not protect that that's sloppy that's left wing the opposite of that is the police being brutal which is right wing so uh, as we know you know the right word the defenders of aristocracy and despite various things you know hitler was trying to um bolster up the uh, aristocracy oh we're going to you've done a show on hitler not being right or left we're not going to fall down that sinkhole maybe 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 for another show well paul uh, Paul gottfried says that won't even address uh hitler as either right wing or left wing he addresses him as a nihilist and he says you know nihilism is completely out of that um out of left or right so that's an interesting view. Like, uh, if you go to the Michael Malice thing, do you think some people are better than others? If you do, then you're right wing. Hitler's regime was expressly anti-egalitarian, and I think egalitarianism is the um, equalitarianism is the is the primary left wing principle. Right wing's a bit harder to define because um, because. It's usually been defined by what it's not, which is going to be, um, which is something that, which leads me on to my other point, which is why I think it's really, really important that libertarianism is not identified as right wing, because we're trying to define ourselves by what we're not. It's lame. It's so fucking lame. Well, we're not the left, therefore we're we're on the right. Because the left is the left is really really bad right now. Under Bush, I kind of felt like the because I've been a libertarian a long time. I felt like the the left wing were closer to us. Now often I myself think that the right wing are closer to us. But we shouldn't be doing this, defining ourselves by what we're not. We have our own tradition, and there's been a huge tempering of ideas going back to the 18th century uh, Locke and Adam Smith and the other new class uh, the other classical economist Ricardo say later on Bastia right Thomas Jefferson took John Locke and said well look John Locke's got some uh, I like John Locke but he says that we can't uh, allow atheists because uh, then they're then there should be religious freedom, but we can't allow atheists because their word doesn't mean anything in court because they can't swear on their holy book. No, that's nonsense. We can allow atheists as well. And so on down the line until the 20th century when people took out all of the contradictions of Adam Smith and where he he wasn't consistent and, and the other classical economists and the other philosophers, Thomas Paine, whoever they liked, right? James Madison. This was fucking earned, right? It took until the 20th century for libertarianism to emerge as a complete and um, coherent political philosophy, free of contradictions. We earned that shit. So don't go around defining yourself by what you're not. Tell people what we are for, right? We've got a distinct tradition from both the left and the right. Yes, we have common ancestors to both movements, but we went through a process of tempering our ideas that took two and a half centuries. And I don't think we should disrespect ourselves by trying to make like we're part of a movement that doesn't care about us, you know? The right, 
you know, for the draft, for the war on drugs, um, all of this stuff. You say that they defend their, you know, their uh, bootlickers. They defend the police and the military. And there's plenty to disagree on on the left. And I know that I'm going to be accused of kowtowing to the left and stuff like that. I've done way more shows criticizing the left than criticizing the right. Way more. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm always going to get it from someone. Oh, and someone actually said in the Tom Woods group once that I didn't see this because I am left wing. And I, I was glad that I didn't. I, I just repost, posted saying lol. But um, it's funny because I can constantly get criticized for being right-wing for my economic views but um someone gladly jumped to my defense and said if anthony is left-wing then truly the term has lost all meaning uh, and I, I, I you know i i definitely don't consider myself to be left-wing but i don't consider myself to be right-wing either well in, in the modern sense yeah, in, in the modern sense, I mean, if you go back to the 1900s and you, like, you know, you talked about Bastiat, you know, and Bastiat and we and we, we've we've discussed this before, um, not not recording, but, you know, on the left in French Parliament was Bastiat and Proudhon. And, you know, they yes. would go they would go back and forth. And you've actually shared, you know, where there's an archive of their of their correspondence. And um, yeah, I mean, and what was why were they on the left? Because the right wanted to go back to monarchy and church rule, and you know that's that's what the original people who started calling themselves libertarians were actually fighting against. You know, <laughs> yeah, because they were radicals, they're liberals. So what happened was in the twentieth century, the least the the classic liberal was basically about as popular as a burger at vegan potluck, okay? So what the left and the right squeezed us out of the dialogue. And, you know, well, Bismarck with his uh, big welfare state and his, his, first, his first modern welfare state, that he expressly had a authoritarian reason for doing it which was he he didn't want he 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 saw leftism brewing and he thought the way to appease the masses you know to to, to avert some kind of radical left-wing revolution uh, was to get uh, to instate a wel welfare state but i digress so i feel like we are the heirs we are the heirs of the classic liberals the left have done a much better job of claiming them than libertarians have but then there's been way more of them than we have the thing is with the equality thing you can always push it further you can always push it further and push it further and what they what they started out with classic liberalism but they said no we need to push it further we need to push it further we need to push it further until it um they became so socialistic but I just think that we should say it loud, say it proud. You know, we're libertarians. We're we're libertarians, and that brand def, def, and we we offer an alternative. And I, I think you know, Tom Woods goes uh, searches through. I love Tom Woods. He's 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 been my greatest benefactor. But when but he seems to because we've had this. The reason I mention it is we've had this chat on his private Facebook group and it seems like he goes through all of Western thought just to find a few examples of 
right-wing thinkers that were anti-war and small government who consider themselves conservatives so that you can hold them up in the air and say, you know, see, see, there's a strong anti-statism in the conservative movement in America. There's a strong tradition of anti-statism. But the thing is, you know, they were only a few out of like hundreds. And I think that a lot of their conservative intellectual contemporaries actually hated them. But, um, you know, so I, I feel like we should have the bravery to stand on our own two feet and not try and uh, act as if we're the extreme wing or we're tacked on to the end of a movement of a bunch of people who don't care about us at all. The right really don't like us. And, or at least they pat us on the shoulder and say, well, you know, there's a strong libertarian streak in all of us. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wish I could believe you. Can you just widen that streak out a little bit? They, you know, they treat us like our, uh, I'm going to be controversial here, but they're like our, like the retarded wee cousin that, you know, oh yeah, you know, you need to bring them along to the party, you know, they, oh, uh, and, and I just don't think that you should be sucking up to these people. I really, really don't. And, uh, yeah, you, you come back. You come back because I've been talking for a long time. If you enjoy the show and you get a lot out of it, please consider supporting me on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Mansrader. There's a $2 level on there that if a quarter of you did, which comes out to about 25 or 30 cents an episode for what I put out, I could scale back my work hours and put out more material. If half of you did $2 a month, I could do this full time put out five episodes a week, do more live streams and do stuff like that. So um, consider supporting me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mance Raider. Thank you very much. I think a lot of it has to do with, and we, you've already mentioned culture. Um, mm. When when I see people online arguing, like my favorite is when they put up a, um, a political chart and fascism and socialism are all the way to the left. It's ridiculous. And anarchy is all the way to the right. Like republic republicanism in this country is so much closer to anarchy than you know democrat than the Democrats are. You know, it's like I mean, really, where is the difference? I mean, those charts th those charts are so ridiculous. But getting back to culture, do you think it is because people don't know how to articulate the difference between? right and left-wing politics, being right and left-wing politically, and being right and left-wing culturally? Right. Now, that's an interesting question. I just think that they really hate what the left is doing with the, econ with the economics and now the social justice warriorism and stuff like that, the, what's called cultural Marxism, <clears throat> which is actually very, very different from Marxism. Like, it's basic tenets are contradictory to Marxist tenets, but that's a whole other um, issue. They've got this Marxist tendency in this e in economically and culturally uh, cultural Marxism, and I think that they're afraid of. I, I think they're afraid of this, and I think they've got a good reason to be afraid of it because, uh, you know, traditionally the left were more for free speech. Now, seemingly not so much. Having people deplatformed from uh, universities, uh, Twitter, Google. I think they're scared of this and they well, want to react. Well, honestly, it. it looks like the left is moving further right in that in that sense. 
because you know the, the right hasn't always been for free speech. I mean, that's true. I mean, really, in the sixties, was the right for free speech? Absolutely not. And the, the all this stuff, you know, under Ronald Reagan, right, where he created these um, these apart from, quite apart from propping up dictators uh, all over the world they and opposing civil rights legislations as uh, government basically his record in civil liberties you know creating an organization called the official the sorry the office of public diplomacy talk about orwellian that kind of surveyed and harassed and bullied and intimidated journalists and um the uh, all sorts of things like his he had a very bad record on civil liberties and likewise thatcher here in the uk brought in a lot of very anti-civil libertarian policies which were of course continued by the neoliberal soft left labor party those were considered like see the left in this country the actual left i don't mean the rank and file labor voter they they all criticized the labor government for being too right wing because they were they they were they were trying to get 60 days detention without trial seriously 60 days i think they got 28 which was bad enough um and all of these attacks on civil liberties but they, they weren't going oh that's so left wing they were going that's that that's so right wing so i I, don't, I know i've not really answered your question as a libertarian like in temperament, I've got a more liberal temperament. I've become more culturally conservative as I've got older. They say that if you don't, you know, you're, you, you know, the expression. Yeah, you're, I know you're what you're brainless. Say. We all yeah. know. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you, I, I, the best left unsaid. But yeah, because you can't look at the evidence of, say, what single motherhood does and not say, well, you know, I'm not for, I'm not so much for. Uh, you, that kind of thing, and you, the the more it, so I've become more culturally conservative. I think I'm still liberal in temperament, and that I'm sort of like outgoing, high in trait openness, not so high on conscientiousness. This is going back to the big six and the 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 evidence, the psychological evidence that people of certain dispositions um, tend towards certain politics, but ah. I don't know. It's it's like what the the arbiter of what behavior is acceptable and is not acceptable should be the voluntary actions of people, and that would exist on a free market. And you require both the conservative and the liberal impulse to create a society that is coherent, because you need that kind of openness uh, as well. And I. So I I don't know. I just think that the left have got so bad that these libertarians like to think they're on the right. And also a lot of them didn't come in under Bush, so they don't have the experience of seeing that the only people who are actually talking sense on civil liberties like the Patriot Act and on the foreign interventions were actually on the left. There weren't really anyone, there wasn't anyone speaking sense about these things on the right until Ron Paul came along that I could see. 
I wanted to clarify something. You said you were criticizing Reagan for not passing some kind of bill. Um, that could sound like you want, you know, oh, this is what should be done. Well, no, it's just pointing out. He didn't say we're not going to pass this bill because, you know, it's anti-libertarian. You know, no. it, it was. it's just a a way of pointing to, you know, what his right wing, what his right wing beliefs. Well, showed. it was, it, he looked to be supporting our pa- apartheid in South Africa, or at least not um, wanting to be seen as criticizing it for fear of losing allies, not allies on the left, I should add, allies on the right. So, I, I, I mean, Reagan was, we can we could do a whole show on how Reagan, on Reagan and how unlibertarian he was. He increased taxes more than his, than I think this, sorry, he, he, yeah, he increased taxes, but he increased the deficit by like more than the seven previous presidents put together. There's your, there's your um, small government for you. I'd, I'd like to go to some of the stuff that I suggest people read from the canon, like definitely, obviously, Hayek's why I'm not conservative. Although I kind of think that Hayek was a conservative because his views on mora, mor, morals and institutions very much came down to the conservative idea that they've lasted for a long time and therefore they, you know, they by a process of natural selection, they've shown themselves to work. And that to me seems like a conservative reasoning rather than a liberal reasoning, which is, well, what's the reason and evidence for this? Obviously, Hayek and um, Milton Friedman, they, sorry, I meant Mises and Milton Friedman, they consider themselves liberals, not conservatives. There's the, um, the essay, Neither Left Nor Right, I can't, it's by Reed, but I can't remember, I always get confused between the two Reeds. I can't remember uh, uh, which Reed it was. I'll look it up, you talk. Okay, Um, because there's two libertarian Reeds and they have a different spelling of their surname. And I just wanted to come to Rand as well. I love Rand. uh, Rand the thinker. Whether I'd get on with Rand the cult leader i think i'd probably be chucked out of her inner circles but she wrote quite well on why she didn't like the conservative defenses of capitalism the right wing defenses of capitalism and she said from because they argue from tradition uh, from faith and depravity and the thing is when the the conservative claim that we we defend, let's say, Western civilization based on faith. They're conceding too much. They're saying the left have reason. And of course, until we libertarians turned up on the scene on all over YouTube, starting over 10 years ago, seriously, I really felt like the right were anti-intellectual. And I think they, they still are. Like, it was only the left that constantly, books after books after books, Every year, thousands and thousands of books making arguments, presenting evidence, and there was no one to turn up to the fight to defend capitalism apart from Milton Friedman using reason and evidence. It was all like it, it was all it, as far as I could see. Certainly not in the public eye. So that's so much for the argument for faith. Um, the argument for tradition. I love what she says here. 
Certain groups are trying to switch the word conservative into the exact opposite of its modern American usage to switch back to its 19th century meaning and put this over to the public. These groups conserve that to be a conservative means to uphold the status quo, the given, the established, regardless of what it might be, regardless of whether it is good or bad, right or wrong, defensible or indefensible. They declare that we must defend the American political system, not because it's right, but because our ancestors chose it, not because it's good, but because it's old. The argument that we respect tradition as such, respect it merely because it's a tradition, means we must accept the values other men have chosen merely because other men have chosen them, with the necessary implication of who are we to change them? The affront to man's self-esteem in such an argument and the profound contempt for man's nature are obvious. I, I meant to continue with a quote, which was the quote I actually meant, which, although that one's pretty good. I love this. Okay, here it is. It is certainly irrational to use the new as a standard of value, to believe that an idea or a policy is good merely because it is new. But it's much more preposterously irrational to use the old as a standard of value, to claim that an idea or a policy is good merely because it's ancient. The liberals are constantly asserting that they represent the future, that they are new, progressive, forward-looking, etc., and they denounce conservatives as old-fashioned representatives of a dead past. The conservatives concede it, and thus help the liberals to propagate one of today's most grotesque inversions, collectivism, the ancient frozen status society is offered to us in the name of progress, while capitalism, the only free, dynamic, creative society ever devised, is defended in the name of stagnation. Boy, could she write. I mean, for someone who's, um, whose first language is in English, she really, has, she really has a way with words. So, And then let me dispense of her third problem with the... Uh, the, the arguments of the conservatives, the argument from depravity. And this is coming back to my earlier statements that the right are sceptical of human nature. Since men are weak, fallible, non-omniscient and innately depraved, no man may be entrusted with the responsibility of being a dictator and ruling everybody else. Therefore, a free society is the proper way of life for imperfect creatures. Please grasp fully the implications of this argument. Since men are depraved, they're not good enough for a dictatorship. Freedom is all they deserve. If they were perfect, then they would be worthy of a totalitarian state. Yeah, I love her. I love her arguments. She's so sharp. She was so sharp. She doesn't get enough credit amongst some libertarians, I think. That's because most people just uh, just read her fiction. Mm. Yes, and she said that she preferred if people read, read her fiction because then they'd get a grasp of how her ideas are supposed to work. But I've read all her books and I did love them. But uh, I just think she's, you know, when you watch her on interviews on YouTube, it's how fast her mind is. She's, she, she's given an argument which all of us have heard against libertarianism. And on the spot... You think, well, if someone said that to me, I know what I'd say. And she comes up with a completely different objection 
to what you would have come up with, one you never even would have thought of. Time, at least she does for me. Time after time, I'm astonished by how she chooses to answer. She chose to answer critical questions. Um. So yeah, there's some there's some rand to back up my view that libertarians shouldn't put them on themselves. Uh, as conservatives, although I I do think she probably considered herself right wing, and she did dismiss libertarians as hippies of the right. Yeah, the um. Well, I mean, just so that people don't think it was only Rand, um, Rothbard wrote in Left and Right Prospects Prospects for Liberty in spring of 1965. He talked about how conservatism was just long term pessimism. And um, he wrote, pessimism, however, both short run and long run, is precisely what the prognosis of conservatism deserves. For conservatism is a dying remnant of the ancient of the ancient regime of the pre-industrial era, and as such, it has no future. In its contemporary American form, the recent conservative revival embodied the death throes of an ineluctably moribund, fundamentalist, rural, small-town, white Anglo-Saxon America. What, however, of the prospects for liberty? For too many libertarians mistakenly link the prognosis for liberty with that of the seemingly stronger and supposedly allied conservative movement. This linkage makes the characteristic long-run pessimism of the modern libertarian easy to understand. He says, but um, he says, but this paper contends uh, that while the short-run prospects for liberty at home and abroad may seem dim, the proper attitude for the libertarian to take is that of unquenchable, long-term, long-run optimism. Mm. And he, he talks about how you know the conservative is basically living for the next election, right? And I mean I that's mean, con- that's conservatism, and I mean that's conservatism and liberalism that is left and right today it's all about the next election that's why we have as soon as inauguration day they start running for office the next time and you have you know, you have two or four years you know people running for two four six year terms and they're constantly running for office and we've heard that expression that conservatism is uh, liberalism on the speed limit yeah but progressivism, my problem yeah yeah my my problem with the right here is I just don't see spirited defenses of capitalism from anyone in the right. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's the best system uh, apart from all the others or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, you know, capitalism does have its problems, but it's much better than blah, 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 blah. Like, it's especially not free market, let's say, fair capitalism. Uh, Theresa May here said when she was prime minister in the UK said something we must guard against the libertarian wing of the party or some some shit like that you know they will always throw us under the bus the only there's a guy there's a British politician who, who called Daniel Hannan who seems to be the he's got a YouTube following and everything he seems to be the only person doing it it's like I've never heard these people on mass come to the table and offer really, really rigorous arguments. It's all come from libertarians. Like they owe the I mean, they owe us. We don't owe we don't want to I just don't think we should be tacking along to their little movement. Like their big movement. They're it's lame. They the the right are so lame. I, I and I mean all species of them. I mean the all from the you know stuffy 
typical conservative right over to the jackboot wearing ultra masculine like fucking i like so gay it's so gay like and that and i know we're not allowed to say this anymore but i don't really care about the cultural marxist views and my my thing is called uh, i don't really care what the cultural marxists think of me calling fascists gay but with their they're ultra masculine and they're all their leather and they're fucking and they're typical haircuts where they shave the back and sides and they love the flag and the military right so gay so gay it's the it's the machismo gay versus the versus the fabulous gay do you know what i mean there's plenty of fabulous gays on the left as well uh but i i one day one day maybe four eight years 12 years when this 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 social justice warrior culture goes too far someone's going to dig out this interview of me going so gay so gay and uh, get me deplatformed but i'm not scared so i guess my my the main up upshot of what i'm saying is you should be proud to be a libertarian say it loud say it proud you don't need to be the you don't need to be like tagging on as the extreme wing of someone else's brigade uh, like and and the other thing is it's brand differentiation we should be offering the third way that not the third way that they've implemented all over the west but because that is just a mixture of left left and right we should be saying we are the alternative you've been waiting for we are what you need because these two are just kicking you back and forth like a football yeah i mean even if you go back to the 19th century lord acton i mean lord acton was talking about how you know, libertarianism, and I don't know that he was using the term libertarianism, but definitely what he was describing was libertarianism. Um, he talked about it as a revolution in permanence, that you were constant, mm. that, that there was a constant revolution right. going on, um, and that there was really no looking back. And he said the only way you would, the only thing you should be looking back for are your basic morals, you know, of, you know, how to live your life, how to be a good person. But, you know, politically, I mean, he wasn't talking about looking back because for Lord Acton, looking back is looking back to what? You know, monarchy? It's just, you know, and yeah. now. What is it exactly you want to conserve? Yeah. And, you know, and the the whole idea now that I see is I see so many libertarians who I'm friends with a lot of people on Facebook and just about you know, for my for my podcast account, they're all pretty much libertarians one way or another left or right um i mean i would say it's half and half at this point of people who put posts up against the state and people who put posts up against the left and i mean it's to me i've always made the argument that if you're really worried about the left worry about where they get their power from and the only way right. they get their power is they get the power from the state they get things passed they get to um, influence legislature. Well, it would seem to me that if you're worried about that, you know, just like, and libertarians will make the same argument. Oh, if you're, you know, if, 
if you don't want the president to have so much power, then you know you really should. If you don't want Donald Trump to have the power to do executive order to do this, then you should have yeah. worried about that when Obama was w- was president. They should have worried so about use, that. Use the same use the same logic. If you're so worried about what these leftist social justice warriors are going to do, then work to dismantle what or decentralize or secede from the institutions that are giving them their power. But no, it's it's much easier to go online and argue against some purple-haired lunatic than it is to argue against the state, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. Or they just that they want to join a team and they see that they you know, I I, think well, I don't, don't want to be an outsider. I don't want to be such an outsider, so I'm going to ally with the right wing and all the and all the MAGA people to fight against the left and own the libs because I mean, that's what the conservatives and Republicans and the right wing in this country right now are about one thing and one thing only, owning the libs. And if that's what you want to do and you want to call that that libertarianism, go ahead, have at it. I'm, then I'll just I'll start using another term. I hope it doesn't come to that. I also need to um, apologize to the gay community for comparing them to gay fascists yeah. like the, the like, gay community uh, doesn't deserve like, that <laughs> they really really don't deserve that they don't don't deserve that i mean i mean i meant in the sense of like bit naff so um <laughs> <laughs> just to finish on a funny note so uh, as uh, anything else you want to cover um i don't know do you have an i know you, i know you made copious notes for this do you have anything else that you feel like you really need to um to get out there I dream of a world in which things are not measured on the left and right spectrum. I'm not one of these people who thinks that the left and right spectrum is useless. It does sort of have a use, but its uses are way overstated. And I think you'd have to have at least three axes on a realistic political spectrum. One is economics, which is central planning versus uh, free market. Um, One is civil liberties. Are you allowed to spy on the government or is the government allowed to spy on you? Is the government meant to be transparent and you're meant to show them your papers or... or, I fucked that up, but you get what I mean. Are they allowed to detain you for 60 days for the right trial? And then obviously foreign policy, is it going to be humble? Is it going to be interventionist? There may be some more axes that are required, but it would give you a much more nuanced understanding. Because the thing is, I think the left-right spectrum has been used knowingly or unknowingly, historically, to basically push liberalism, classic liberalism, out of the conversation because neither the left nor the right were liberal in the classic sense. Um, They both had a laundry list of things they wanted the state to do and ways they wanted people to be regulated. I mean, the left are perfectly happy to be libertarian and say, hey, you should be able to marry whoever you want. Hey, you should... Um, etc. Et That's no one else's business. You, what you put in your body is your choice. You should be able to smoke dope without the, without the government interfering with you. And um, but they did, they weren't willing to apply that to the economic sphere and say, well, you earned that. Um, it's 
it's your job you know it's up to you what you do with that they're they're perfectly willing to not apply that principle when it suits them and same for the right they've got their shopping list of things that they don't want to allow people to do and i think that we should see that fact that if the state doesn't get you with the right hook, it'll get you with the left hook. If it doesn't get you with the left jab, it'll get you with the right jab and just say, I'm walking away from this shit. Um, if you want to take down the bird of state, you need to shoot it in the left wing and the right wing. I don't. I can't think of a better place to end than right there. Um, what do you have to plug? Well, guys, if you like free man beyond the wall you'll probably like scottish liberty podcast i think we do a pretty good show it's not maybe the name was unfortunate because i think people thought that we only cover stuff in scotland you will occasionally get updates on the scottish news but i do deep dives on quite a lot of philosophical and economic issues people say that the show's been a laugh and we've had some really great guests on as well so check out the news feed and see if anything uh, on your itunes app um any of the episode titles appeal to you and of course uh, you can get my book universal basic income for and against i think it's a good book it's not very expensive get a paperback paperback copy on amazon you can read it in about three hours and hand it on to a progressive or someone on the left or someone you know who's into universal basic income because in my opinion it's the best argument to a progressive type person to a person who's got progressive views on libertarian uh, on politics it's the best introduction on libertarianism for a person of that disposition going that's why i wrote it it speaks to libertarian policies that could end poverty and help people at the bottom of the economic ladder without state intervention in fact by withdrawing state intervention in the economy so yeah, buy a copy. Let me know what you think. I'm always about Facebook, so you can always send me a message. Hope you enjoyed the show. One more thing. Are you going to be debating somebody about um, universal basic income coming up soon? Oh, thanks for mentioning that. I almost forgot. In January, I'm debating Martin Ford, who wrote the book Rise of the Machines, Rise of the Robots. I can't remember. But uh, that's the name of his book. It was a bestseller. He got awarded £30,000 by the Financial Times in the UK for writing it. Was, uh, I'm debating him not on universal basic income, although he is an advocate of universal basic income, but I'm debating him on automation. Is this going to make everyone rich or is it going to make everyone poor? Uh, we'll find out in January at the Soho Forum in New York. Um, also, for anyone in Europe, this is the first time I've announced this, but I wish I hadn't just said that because now I'm making it up into a bigger thing or not. I am uh, speaking at the conference of the School of Austrian Economics in Vienna in November, 13th and 14th of November. I doubt I'm speaking on both days, but I'll be there along with Tom Woods and Bob Murphy. And uh, So anyone who's in range of Vienna, come down and meet me in person. It would be great to hear from you and shake your hand. That is awesome, man. Um, and Martin Ford's book, by the way, is called Rise of the Robots, Technology and the Threat of a Jobless Future. Why are you 
Why, why are you plugging his book, Pete? What the hell? <laughs> I let you plug yours, and you said you wanted, you know, you didn't remember the title of his book. But uh, you know, if people want to go and read that, and you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to suppress information. Okay, okay, <laughs> it's freedom of speech and all that. Well, um, I've got a copy of the book. I'm looking forward to reading it in my trip to India, and uh, I'll be ready for battle. So anyone who's in New York, end of the first week in January. You should come down. It would be great to meet you. I think I'll do that. Cool. Have a great day, Pete. It was good talking to you. You take care, Anthony.